We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, it's time to talk NASCAR racing again here on the Fox 4 Podcast. I'm Sam Atwell. I'm Brian Dooley. Well, a Saturday night short track racing, back to the beginning, back to the roots. It was it was a lot of fun, and uh, I think we saw a lot of good racing last night. Yeah, and uh, Martin Truex Jr. pulled off his first uh, win at a short track, his first win of the season, and his first win for Joe Gibbs. And again, we're still on the roll of Joe Gibbs and Team Penske uh, just taking on the checkered flags this season. The other teams just cannot... Uh, compete and uh, I mean I'll be the one to say that Joe Gibbs they are the team to beat this season. Let's go ahead and take a look and see where your driver finished in the Toyota Owners 400 at Richmond Raceway on Saturday night. And his first win for Joe Gibbs Racing Martin Truex Jr. takes a checkered flag in first place followed by Team Pitsky's Joey Logano. Kansas native Clint Boyer takes third place followed by Kevin Harvick. Denny Hamlin in sixth place Austin Dillon in seventh Brad Kozlowski followed by Kyle Busch and Ryan Newman and Paul Menard in 10th. 11th was Kurt Busch, 12th Jimmy Johnson, 13th William Byron, 14th Eric Jones, Chase Elliott was 15th, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. 16th, 17th with Alex Bowman, 18th Daniel Suarez, 19th Daniel Emmerich, and 20th Ryan Priest. And in 21st we have Ty Dillon, followed by Chris Buescher, Eric Amarala, and 24th Matt DiBenedetto, and 25th Ryan Blaney, 26th Corey LaJoy, and 27th, Bubba Wallace. And 28th, David Reagan. Followed by Matt Tift and Ross Chastain. 31st, Jeb Burton. 32nd, Bailey Curry. 33rd, Joey Gase. Quinn Huff was 34th. Landon Castle, 35th. 36th was Michael McDowell. And 37th, wrapping out the full field, number 42, Mr. Bad Luck himself, Kyle Larson. Yeah, that was a real tough break for him. You know, at first I thought he just got a little tire rub and then... Uh, saw what more damage he had having to go back behind the wall into the garage. Uh, real tough break for Kyle Larson. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, there were there were only two cars that actually did not finish the race running, and he was one of them. He finished in dead last. And I, I really like Kyle Larson, and I think his luck is going to change. But, boy, what about Martin Truex Jr.? You know, this is his very first ever short track win and he won a championship before he won a short track race. Which I I guess I didn't really realize it until they started talking about that this weekend. And he's led laps at short tracks, but he just has not been able to close. And man, I mean, it wasn't easy for him. He was, you know, struggling at the end there. I think if there was a few more laps, uh, the results might have been different. But he did an excellent job holding off Boyer at the end. And then 
like holding off Logano because Logano was right on his bumper that last couple laps. I think it was clear that that Truex did not have the best car on the track. I I I don't think that he was the fastest. He wasn't the best set up. But you know what? He finished first, and that's all that mattered. You're right. I think if there had been a few more laps, he would have had a lot more trouble with those guys behind him. I think Clint Boyer from Emporia, Kansas, probably probably burned up his tires and didn't have anything left towards the end of the race. And I think that's what was. I think that was his biggest problem at the end. Yeah, Boyer. He's been uh, you know a, a driver that's really been showing up at these short tracks. Uh, you know, he got the win last year in Martinsville. Um, he did well at Bristol and I really thought, I mean, he was really on a roll, uh, within those last 50 laps, but like you said, uh, just used up those tires, really driving it in there, trying to get up to trucks. I think trucks junior, I think what helped him out is he's got a great crew chief. I think his team, his spotter, everyone just kind of kept him calm and kept him focused and he knew he paid attention to what, you know, Boyer and Logano and all of them was trying to do. Well, his his crew chief and his spotter are the same two guys that have been with him for a long, long time. Actually, they were with him the year he won the championship. Cole Pern is his, is his crew chief and is a brilliant young talent in NASCAR. And really, he and Martin really work very, very well together. You know, they've kind of, coming from Furniture Row Racing and kind of being a, an outsider because their shop was based in Denver – They've always kind of been this team that kind of has kind of an attitude to them where, you know, they maybe had a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and then they won the championship and all of a sudden, hey, we can win championships. And then, sadly, Furniture Row Racing has to close down, but Martin Truex's talent got him into an organization like Joe Gibbs Racing where he's, you know, I know he was anxious to get his first win for that team. And like I was saying earlier, Joe Gibbs is is the team to beat this season, and, uh, and nothing not lowering anything on Team Penske. They have Logano, Kozlowski, both champions. Um, but on Joe Gibbs, uh, Kyle Busch with already three wins this season, uh, Denny Hamlin with two, Morton Trucks giving them you know their sixth win for the season. Uh, you just have uh, multiple veteran drivers on there. Eric Jones, you know, young talent, up and coming driver. That team is just really growing and and team penske's you know just almost right there i would think let's go ahead and take a listen to martin truex as he faced the media saturday night in richmond and let as he talks about his victory you know we had some really tough uh some heartbreakers last year you know thinking back to martinsville and the roval and then homestead finishing second and you know being so close to winning a couple times this year already it's just uh anytime you can win it's special these things are so difficult um i can't even you know i know I know everybody knows it's hard, but I just I just don't know if people understand the level of difficulty in this series and and what it takes to win. So I'm just really happy for everybody involved and um, really thankful for a great opportunity to work with a great team and a lot of great people. And um, Coach leads leads one heck of a team back there in Huntersville. So uh, I'm just really happy to be a part of that and uh, hopefully continue to hold up my end of the deal. You know, he 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 really, you know, he he talked about coming to a great organization and 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 what a great owner Joe Gibbs is and that's very true Joe Gibbs is is a just a fabulous human being oh, it reminds me the you know Jeff Gordon Dale Earnhardt Jr. the respect they have for Rick Hendrick those drivers on Joe Gibbs Denny Hamlin you know 
Kyle, but they understand what team they're on and what kind of owner they have and the respect they have for Joe Gibbs. Yes, tremendous amount of respect, and and especially, and we talked about this the very first uh, very first week of the season when uh, when J D Gibbs passed away during the off season, and this team had a lot of. You know, Denny Hamlin went to Victory Lane in Daytona, and 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 JD Gibbs brought Hamlin to Gibbs Racing, and there was a, a, a tremendous bond there. And I think this team is is actually running on inspiration this season. They have run so well, not to mention they've got great cars. The Toyos are running really well, but I think there's a little bit something extra at Gibbs Racing this season. Yeah, I would agree. Um, again, going off of you know when. Uh, Ricky Hendrick and that plane crash in Martinsville. It seems like Hendrick Motorsports came off strong from that. Just, I mean, it really, those kind of emotions. Uh, these teams, a lot of them, uh, they're just as close as families. I mean, they travel every week together. They spend, you know, during the week in the garages, team meetings. And, uh, I have, yeah, no doubt that, uh, that this is pushing them. Yeah, absolutely. And and looking at at, at uh, Martin's teammate Kyle Busch, uh, well, boy, he had an off day. He only had an eighth place finish, which is continues his streak of top ten finishes this season. He's not finished outside of the top ten yet. And again, you got to ask, you know, if he didn't get that penalty, um, the pit road penalty. I, I think it was speeding when he was leaving pit road early on. With that, I mean, because he was he was leading early on. And I think it was the second race this year in Atlanta um, that pit road penalty. Uh, you got to think did that cost them the race? Um, but there were a ton of other strong cars out there. You know, Clint Boyer, the Penske, you know, Joey Logano. So that was great seeing other drivers, um, but no one could really catch Martin Truex. It was really surprising with the penalty that the Bush had, and 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 that put him behind. He really wasn't able to make up ground like you would have thought he could have because he just couldn't seem to get past anybody. You know, the first 350 laps of this, of this short track race at Richmond really was not that exciting. I think the last 50 laps made up for it, but it, it was looking back to Bristol, the whole Bristol race seemed to be pretty amazing race. And I thought it would be the same at Richmond, but it was just a little bit different. And so. Like I said, the last 50 laps made up for kind of the, the quiet and kind of the tame first 350. But, man, what a finish. I, I mean, it was just an amazing, amazing finish. Yeah, those last 50 laps for sure. I mean, I was I like that sort of edge in your seat racing where, you know, the leaders, you know, Martin Trucks Jr. is leading, but there's other drivers that are coming up. Uh, and, and Boyer, we talked about his run, and he maybe if he had waited till the end and kind of pushed more and not – burn up his tire so soon he might have had a better shot and Joey Logano Joey Logano was coming there it was just the laps weren't in his favor um I think by the time he started making some strong moves um and so far this season I don't it feels like we haven't had a lot of like kind of wrecks or cautions in a lot of these races they've kind of gone mostly caution free we had a couple incidents like we talked about uh Kyle Larson and then uh, Michael McDowell uh hit the wall uh, and but uh, <laughs> I don't think that'll be the case next week, or no, I'm sorry, two weeks. I forget. Two weeks, you're out. Two weeks. You know, going through the going through the standings here and taking a look at some other drivers that had great runs on Saturday night in Richmond. Austin Dillon, top ten race for that team. 
um, Ryan Newman, a pretty good run for him. That team has really not done much, and it's it's good to see him bring that team into the top ten. Again, Paul Menard in the 21 car, we're starting to see that team run more consistently now than they have in years, um, and and that's a good sign. Your, your pick to win this race, Kurt Busch, uh, another good run by the number one team. He's really solidified that team there. Jimmy Johnson, 12th. Things were looking up for them. And, I mean, yeah, uh, he seemed to improve early on in the race. He was. It seemed like his car was kind of struggling. He was backed up, but um, it seemed like they made some improvements. He wasn't the car uh, to win the race, but it seems like the team might be figuring some things out and moving up. And, and by the way, um, in this little two-week break, we have Jimmy Johnson's run in the Boston Marathon, which I think is – uh, another testament to show what these drivers, what they do sometimes in their free time. Well, they're not athletes. You know, <laughs> that's what the old timers say. That's what the ball and stick fans say. Well, them drivers ain't athletes. Yeah, they are athletes. Some of them have pretty amazing workout regimens. One of my, one of my favorite quote unquote old time drivers, Mark Martin. Uh, I met him a couple times when he was here in Kansas city for some testing and, and I met him out at the airport where he parked his private jet. And he he got out of the SUV he was in. He just had a, he had a sleeveless T-shirt on. This cat was built like a rock. He, his, he you want to talk about a gun show? Mark Martin had some guns, and he's just he was just a little guy, but he had an amazing workout regimen that kept him in shape and let him race as long as he raced. And and you know Jeff Gordon got into that more towards the end of his career when he started having back problems. He started doing, you know, working out on a pretty religious manner. He 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 actually, I, if I if I remember right, he actually got into yoga to help some of his back problems from riding in the cars. And I mean, you these drivers really do have to keep in shape, both physically and mentally, because there was a few years ago that you know, Kyle Larson like passed out while signing autographs for fans. I think it was in Martinsville, and it, I think it was just dehydration and not paying attention that kind of stuff. I mean, in those cars, especially now, we're coming up. Um, this time of season, and once the summer hits, I mean, it's 120 or above in those cars, and those drivers, there's just so much. I mean, they probably lose six or more pounds a race in the summer. All too soon, we will be into the dog days of summer when these guys are racing, and it's going to be very hot. You know, they can, the Kansas race um, usually is pretty warm, and uh, it can be kind of a test for for those drivers but we got a we got a few weeks before they get here let's take a look at the point standings see where everything's at there wasn't too big of a shakeup in the point standings from richmond your leader is still kyle bush and why wouldn't it be he's got three wins joey logano is second denny hamlin third kevin harvick fourth brad keselowski is fifth and martin truex jr moves into sixth place with the win last night really in the point standings not too many surprises you I guess the biggest surprise for me is Jimmy Johnson being in 13th. You know, normally, I mean, he's he's consistently a top 10 points driver and the last 2 years just hasn't just hasn't been there. Let's go ahead and look down through the rest I guess to the 16th spot because that I ultimately that's the right. chase drivers. Um let's see. Kurt Busch is 7th, Clint Boyer 8th, Ryan Blaney 9th, Chase Elliott 10th. Eric Amarillo was in 11th. Daniel Suarez, top top well, in the in the uh, playoff, whatever it is. <laughs> I I get so confused when they first started that you couldn't call it a playoff. 
because they weren't calling it a playoff, which it absolutely was, but they didn't want to call it that. Now it's okay, I guess, to call it a playoff. But anyway, Daniel Suarez is in 12th, Jimmy Johnson 13th, Austin Dillon 14th, Ryan Newman 15th, and Paul Menard 16th. There's some guys in, in that part of the point standings that normally aren't there. there there's new guys there. There's, there's uh, some young guys there. And I think if we can ever get anybody besides a Gibbs team member or, or a Penske team member to get a victory, we'll see some of those guys locked into the, into the playoffs. And, and if there's any race that that could happen, it could be next week. But then, you know, or I keep saying next week. Two weeks. It's two weeks. But yeah. the next, the coming race at Talladega, um, like Daytona, it's, you know, it's anyone's game. But looking at, I mean, Eric Omarola won there in the fall. But then Logano and Pinsky, or Logano and Kozlowski, you know, the last previous Very winners there. there. And then Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in uh, 2017. So, I mean, there could be some teams, smaller teams out there like Roush. Um, and even, uh, Eric Amarola last fall, you know, he might, you know, somebody there could get Stuart Haas their first win. But, uh, next week, I, I would, su- <laughs> the two teams that are on a roll this year, Penske and Gibbs, I mean, they got, their drivers are great at these, uh, super speedways too. So the streak could continue. And I, I don't, it's just unreal that we're coming up to the 10th race of the season and only two teams have won so far this season. Yeah, and, and like you say, you're absolutely right that, that a shakeup could happen at Talladega because you know what happens. Look what happened. You remember back to Daytona when we had, you know, the first part of the race was okay, but we couldn't, we could hardly get to a finish of that race because of all the, all the cautions and, and a couple really big accidents at the, at the end of the Daytona 500 that really, really changed up the field. So it can happen at Talladega, too. I, I'm not – Talladega's always won. It was interesting. I think it was a few years ago where the rain was coming in, so drivers weren't sure if it was going to be called or not or just they were – and so they were really being more aggressive. Daytona, you know, it's a whole different ball game. the Daytona 500, it's the first race of the season. A lot of drivers aren't thinking so much of season points but just wanting that Daytona 500 win. So I think some drivers will be playing it safe. But I was mentioned a few years ago when they thought that this race could be called at any time due to rain. They were racing like crazy, and that was a fun, exciting race. Um, it's super speedway racing, so I think it's still going to be exciting. I mean, you just you're going to have that big one. It's just not a question of if; it's when. I'm not sure we'll see as many as we did. I think drivers will be playing a bit more safe than we're in the season. Um, but there's drivers that are locked in now: Truex Jr., Hamlin. Logano, Kozlowski, I mean, a lot of the, you know, Bush, they could take some risks. They're locked in now. So, um, they might, they can afford not to play it safe if they want to. Um, but there's drivers, I don't know, Ryan Blaney, uh, Chase Elliott, and even, you know, Jimmy Johnson. Some of those drivers are good at, you know, this could be their chance to kind of step up. Yeah. Talladega is one that it is a wild card, really, because. Anything can happen. Any, a wreck could take some people out and, 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 and really muck up the finish, and somebody could end up finishing first that really probably shouldn't have because of the big one. So we'll get to the end, and we'll, we'll let everybody know. I know they're waiting patiently for our picks to see just how insightful we are. I think we're 0 for, I think we're 0 for 9. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to throw a question out to you. Who is your 
most what driver is your most surprising driver so far this season, young or old? Just who who has surprised you the most this season? I would say I think Kurt Busch has surprised me this season. Um, just on a new team, his consistency. Um, I'm Chip Ganassi. Um, just his performance so far. He's not won yet, but he's um, been close. I mean, last week racing, you know, right close up to his brother. Um, he was my pick this week. Um, still outside the top ten, but uh, early on he looked pretty strong. But I think he's on a new team. But I think he's just and I used to just like Kyle. I used to not be a fan of Kurt at all, but I think <laughs> he really straightened up after, uh, you know, he got let go at Penske. I think once he was on Stuart Haas, he realized he was in a good spot. Um, I kind of hate things that don't work out there, um, that he's not still on that team, but I think he's in a great spot now, a great team, and I'm glad to see that because um, over the years, once drivers, when they're young, they can have a hot mouth and kind of oh, like yeah. Kyle. Um, but then – as they grow older and you kind of, they kind of earn some respect. They learn to keep their mouth shut at times so they don't get in trouble. Uh, I think that's Kurt, but I think he's learned his lessons. And so um, as long as he's been in the sport to be on still a, a, a decent, a pretty good team that he's got a chance, to, uh, you know, he, he's given a car each week. They, he could probably win a race. Um, I'm glad to see that, but I'm kind of been impressed at seeing him up front. Um, I would have kind of liked to have seen him got to his brother last week and wrecked him because he said he would after after the race. He said, "Well, I would have wrecked it. I would have wrecked Kyle if I could have got to him. Oh, that would have been great." That would the Bush brothers going at it. Uh, oh, absolutely! Towards victory lane. You know, I you picked a surprisingly you you picked an older driver, a veteran driver, and, and champion, I, and yeah, former champion. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a veteran driver too who's never won a championship and never really won a lot. But I think he's he's doing some things this season, and I, I mentioned him earlier. But but Paul Menard in the twenty one car, the legendary twenty one car with the Wood Brothers. I really like what he's doing with this team. They're really they've really they've really kind of struggled over the years because they've always had drivers that weren't necessarily top tier drivers. And I'm not finding any fault with anybody who drove for them, but they they didn't have a lot of the money that the bigger teams had. It's a family owned team. They you know they had one car. And they just never could get any traction, and I'm I'm really happy to see because they they had a pretty tragic off season too. The the one of the brother one of Linwood passed away this last year, and I'm really glad to see Menard come in there and bring some consistency to that team because I think I was talking to another NASCAR fan this week, and, and we were talking about the fact that it seems like. NASCAR is kind of stepping away from these legendary figures. You know, some of the old champions, some of the some of the old timers, David Pearson, Bobby Allison, some of those guys that are still around. You don't hear about them much anymore. It's just kind of like NASCAR's kind of forgotten them. And I think that's I think that's a, a mistake. I think the Wood Brothers team is a legendary team, and I think we need to see more of those legendary drivers still around the sport. You know, you used to go to the track and see them. They'd be there signing autographs or they'd be there for a personal appearance. But I think it's a mistake that NASCAR's kind of stepped away from that a little bit and, and is kind of ignoring their past. And I think they need to get back to that. And I, I'm glad to see the Wood Brothers doing well this season. Yeah, it's a result of them like doing like the alliances and things like that a few years ago 
or it could be. It could be. I I just think that somebody in the in the in the marketing department at NASCAR has said, "Hey, it's time to move on. We want to attract these younger these younger fans, these this younger demographic." And, you know, I talk sometimes I'll talk about some of those drivers to some of the younger NASCAR fans I know, and they're like, "Huh? Who's that?" You know, Fireball Roberts, like I said, David Pearson, Cale Yarborough, um, Buddy Baker, you know, um, some of those guys who were real characters, you know, and really built this sport. You know, everybody knows Richard Petty. He's he's still a team owner. He's still around, and he will always get attention. He will always be, you know, he'll. I mean, he's he's the Winsley. He's got two hundred wins, which nobody's ever going to touch. He will always be there, but I think that I wish they would start bringing back some of those other guys. The, the NASCAR Hall of Fame was a great, great thing to do because it really honors some of those legends of the sport. But I think we need to get some of them back at the track. I mean, honestly, though, they're, some of them are really, really you know, advanced in age. But I think the ones that could get out there to the track, I think it would be cool. And I think it might go a ways towards solving this problem of – people showing up at the racetrack. I mean, Richard Petty, I know he's there, but of course he's got a team, but he's still there. And I think part of this could be this when as the sport grew, I mean, it, you know, from just being like a, you know, sort of Southern Southeastern kind of sport as it's kind of branched out. Um, even with, you know, the, the racetrack being built in Kansas, Chicago, California, and in, in the late nineties, early two thousands. And then you got drivers from, all over now, you know, California, Wisconsin, and I don't know if that's part of taking away and just these big teams. I mean, it is not cheap uh, to be in the sport, and that's a lot of these smaller teams um, that causes a struggle for them that it's hard for them to even compete. You know, and I was thinking thinking this year here in, in Kansas City, we used to have a, a speedway out east of Kansas City a little bit in Oak Grove in Odessa called I-70 Speedway. And it used to be such a great track. It was a high bank short track uh, a la Bristol before they redid it. The Craftsman Truck Series back in the day used to come here. And what I loved about that series at I-70 Speedway is, and the Truck Series when in, in, the, in the beginning stages is there were guys who – when the race came to town and they were here locally, they could put together a couple local sponsors, buy some tires, buy, you know, have a truck and go out and race in the Craftsman Truck Series, you know, for a little, little, little money and actually be, get some experience in the, in the NASCAR series. But now you, you can't do that anymore. That just doesn't happen. You know, when Kansas Speedway first opened, there were guys here that ran locally at, 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 uh, Lakeside, Lakeside and I 70. They, they'd race at Lakeside on, on uh, Friday night, they'd race at I-70 on Saturday, or they'd come to the then the Bush Series. They would put together a car to run in the Bush Series here, but you don't see that anymore. And I think that's just really, really sad that it's gotten to the point that a, that a guy who's a pretty talented racer can't get into this series the way they used to. Yeah, and that's uh, – I always want to make it out to I-70. I know they're doing some work trying to get that up and going again. Lakeside sadly is underwater right now, um, but I I went out a couple times when I was living in Topeka to Thunder Hill Speedway in Mayetta, Kansas, and again you just go off the highway, travel down a gravel road for a couple miles, and there's this you know little small dirt track speedway, and it just it has just that more 
home kind of feel. Uh, the people there, everyone's friendly. And the drivers, they're all just families and friends and just working locally, local sponsors in their garages. And uh, it's just that kind of atmosphere is is kind of lost on the, on the you know, the Cup, Xfinity, and the Truck Series. Yeah, it's just not the same anymore. And I remember not that long ago in the Cup Series where there would be teams that would show up really underfunded teams they they just show up with three or four guys and they'd have a couple sets of tires and they'd have a car and they they would get out there and qualify for the race and they would they would typically run in the in the back of the pack the whole race or they come in and run 50 60 laps to get the start money and and then they would retire with handling problems that was always my favorite they always had handling problems but they couldn't run anymore because they were out of tires but you and some people didn't like that. They thought that was just hokey to, to allow somebody in. They they really couldn't compete. But man, that's that's how this sport started, and I think it's sad that we've gotten all the way away from that. Yeah, and but there are. I remember a few years ago, Alex Bowman was on a smaller team. Um, I don't know if it was the Cup Series or Xfinity, but I remember he was interviewing. They went to his garage and everything. It was on NASCAR Race Hub, and. He made a comment. And was like, "Yeah, I'm never going to be on one of those big teams. Like, I just, but I'm enjoying <laughs> racing." And, and here he is at Hendrick Motorsports. So I think, like you're mentioning, even some of those drivers who, I mean, you got to start somewhere. And you know, veteran drivers or team owners like Dale Earnhardt Jr., Rick Hendrick, they'll they'll notice. Uh, and so, well, Clint Boyer got noticed. Yeah, I remember. Was it him that uh, when he got the call, he thought it was a prank? He did. In <laughs> fact, I think if if I remember the story correctly, he hung up on Richard Childress. If I remember that story correctly, but he he was like, "What? What are they calling me for?" And 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 once once he got into the sport, he was he's done well. He's done well for himself. Uh, not as well as he would like. He's had some tough luck, but he's a, he's a he is actually a true success story coming from a local track. And racing in Emporia, racing at Lakeside, and I don't know if he ever got to I seventy or not. I don't remember, but he is a true success story that came up through the local tracks. And he's showing some consistency. Um, he does well at super speedways. You know, he was uh, he did well at Daytona until he was involved in a wreck. Yeah. Um, so of I, his own making. <laughs> I, I like to see him. Uh, if he's not caught up in anything or caused anything, he'll be a front runner next week. Um, the short tracks is doing well, so it'll be interesting when we go back to uh, the mile and mile and a half tracks, um, how well he does. But he's definitely been one of the, you know, him and Harvick, and really Stuart Haas is doing pretty well. They just haven't been able to capture that win yet this season. Well, two weeks from now, we're off to Talladega, Alabama, and the big track that sits in the middle of nowhere. It's an amazing place to go out there and just see. It's just this great, gigantic monstrosity sitting there. Great speedway, great action. Hopefully, there'll be a great crowd there. Who are you going to pick to be in victory lane at Talladega in two weeks? Well, my pick, it will cause the streak to continue, but I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> Brad Kozlowski. No, not again. Brad Kozlowski, eh? That's a pretty good pick. I think he's shown that he runs really well there. I think I'm going to be not so much going out on a limb, but I think we may see Martin Truex Jr. in the victory lane at Talladega in two weeks. I think 
he mastered the mile and a half. He, you know, two years ago, he dominated on the mile and a half tracks. He's done pretty well at the super speedways. I think he's on a roll. I think he got the victory lane. I think they, they've got this team figured out. They're working well together, and I think we'll see Martin Trex Jr. in victory lane. Now, has he won at a super speedway? I can't remember. I don't remember. off the, I, Did he win a July race in Daytona? I don't remember. I, that could be way okay. – I could be totally wrong. But, uh, hey, you picked up your first short track. Why not pick up your first super speedway win? Yeah. And Kazowski, I don't know. I just, he, he does well at Talladega and at Daytona. And I just feel like, you know, he's been on a roll this year. I want so badly, though. Um, you know, just another team. Really, a Team Chevy to take victory lane. And, you know, Hendrick Motorsports guys, they do well. Um, it's just, can you stay at front? Can you stay out of the any trouble that happens at the craziness at Talladega Speedway? Well, whatever happens in two weeks at Talladega, we'll be here to wrap it all up with you for the Fox 4 Racing Podcast. I'm Sam Atwell. And I'm Brian Dooley. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Everyone have a great week. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.